Christy Belcamino, welcome to Behind the Fiction. Thank you, Steve. I'm very excited to talk to you again. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. And it's, I, I was reflecting back on not the first time we talked, but the first time I read one of the books of, uh, that we're going to be talking about today. And that was uh, the first book in the Gia series. And I read that on an airplane going to the very first 20 Books to 50K conference. And on the way back, I read book two in the series. And I was so excited to get to the end and see that there was a link to get the third book. But I couldn't get it on the plane, so I got home and clicked that link and saw that it was a pre-order. And I panicked because I had loved the first two books so much. So I went on Facebook the first thing the next morning. I don't think I posted this to you. I think I just kind of posted it and, and tagged you saying how much I liked them and how devastated I was that the next one was a, a pre-order and I couldn't start reading it right then. And you were gracious enough to just send me a copy of the book. And I'm forever grateful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Of course, I'm going to send you the book. <laughs> so, I mean, the first time we talked, Gia, I don't know if Gia was something that you had been planning for. Way back then, you were a traditionally published author and you wrote yes. thrillers and you transitioned from traditionally published to indie published, which I think is a fascinating transition. And I, I do want to get into that. But let's first talk about the Gia series and, and where the idea came from for that and, and how it's grown since those first few books. Sure. You know, it's been a really pleasant surprise because I think my traditional series was really fun to write, but I also was very cognizant of what was out there and what people wanted to read. And I'm not saying like I wrote a book thinking like people you know, I should write this because people will like it this way. But in the back of my mind, I feel like it was sort of, yeah, this is how crime fiction books are written. And this is how a traditional mystery book is written. But meanwhile, every time there was a gap um, where I wasn't writing a book, I would find like one of the traditional ones, I'd find something else to do. And I thought, I'm just going to write this crazy book just for me, like this character that I'm sure nobody would like because she is a train wreck, but that's the kind of character I want to write and wow. I want to live and I want to live vicariously in her world. And so, and I actually did get a little bit of um, negative feedback when I first wrote that book from my writing group. Like they had been reading my Gabriella Giovanni traditional mysteries. Mm -hmm. And then I threw that at them and in Minnesota, you know, we're Minnesota nice. Um, and so the lack they never said anything mean about it or bad about it, but the lack of enthusiasm spoke volumes. And so I thought, eh, that was really fun to write, whatever. And I set it aside and went on with um, ones that I could give to my agent because I didn't think my you know, agent would want that either. And then um, at one point, I think this was my second agent, I said, you know, I have this book that I really like a lot and I just don't think it's a traditional book. I don't think the big five is going to want to buy it. Um, so I think I'm going to traditionally publish it. What do you think? And she said, well, why don't you send it to me and let me look at it? Cause you don't, you know, you might not know, like maybe it is something. And then, so she got back to me and she's like, Oh, I was surprisingly touched by so many scenes in that book. And, and, you know, she had really nice things to say about it, but she said, you're right. I don't think it's a big five book. And so then I said, well, I'm putting it up and doing it myself. And because I had done, um, my traditionally published series had, had died. 
-hmm. Harper Collins only did the first four books. And so I had published the fifth book um, right after I talked to my agent and it did really, really well. It did, you know, probably better than my other books had done. And maybe because I had a fan base, you know, they'd read the first mm -hmm. four. But I was shocked that I could put it out on my own, had paid for an editor, paid for a cover designer, you know, did it as professionally as I could. And it did well. And I got all the money <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of like this much of the money when you're traditionally published. And I thought, huh. And meanwhile, I had friends who were like, yeah, Christy, we've been telling you about this for a long time and you just haven't been paying attention. And so then I put up Gia and I started to pay attention to the 20 books group. And I realized like, if you want to have any success in indie publishing, then you need a series. And especially in, you know, in genre, in a genre like mystery, you need a series and you need to put them out pretty quickly if you're going to make a mark. So I put that one out and then I spent a month writing the next one. And then I spent a month writing the next one. So I put three out in a row and then there might've been, there might've been a couple months and then I put out the fourth one. But meanwhile, I've been, I just am going to publish my 12th book that isn't necessarily in the series because I've pulled two out of the actual series order, but it'll be the 12th um, book with that character, Gia Santella, who has grown a lot. She is not um, quite the, the wild card she was in the very beginning. So she's grown right. up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you gave a little bit of a hint about Gia. I mean, she was kind of a hot mess in the beginning. And I still remember <laughs> reading the first, uh, the first chapter of the book at an airport. I was in St. Louis and turning to the guy I was with, we were going out to 20 books together and going, this book is amazing. I, you know, I just can't wait wow. to read the rest of it from the first, from the first chapter. And it's just, you know, the, the kick-ass female protagonist, it really appeals to me. And the whole hot mess thing really appeals to me. Although she was a little messier than, <laughs> than, uh, than some hot messes, but just the way that that the character of Gia has evolved over the course of the books and the relationships that she has with her friends it, it just it's such a it's such a fantastic series and I have these I have a few series that whenever someone puts out a new book or I find out about a new book it's stop everything I'm reading and read this and you know both of your series the two that we're going to talk about today are on that list wow and so I mean, last week, was it the end of last week? Sometime last week, the, the, uh, the fifth book in a spinoff series, the Queen of Spades series came out. And so that went to, okay, stop what you're reading and, and read that. So let's talk about the spinoff series, because I remember when the Queen of Spades first showed up in the Gia books going, oh my gosh, what a fantastic character. And we must have talked yeah. because you said, oh, she's going to have her own, she's going to have her own book. And I was super excited about it. So... Yeah. What's the story behind that? Why not just keep writing the same series? Well, just like you said, like she popped into the Gia series and I thought, wow, I want her more, but I can't have two characters like that in, in one book very much. You know, they're just, they're both super strong, powerful women. And it just, I've done a book like that before and it's a hard balance. Um, and I wanted to just explore Eva, the queen of spades on her own and I remember being really anxious to do it because I had all these books up for pre-order. I usually am really good about plotting my year and what I'm going to write and how I'm going to publish. And so I didn't have a, a gap for the Queen of Spades. So that book was like ruminating in my brain for a long time. So when I finally sat down to write it, I was really excited to, to go into her world. Um, 
you know, I'm 51. Gia's like 22. So it's been, and Eva is probably 30. So it's been fun to write her because she's a little more of a sophisticated character, um, a little more like motherly. She had two kids. And, and so Eva is like, you know, every character I write, bad guys, good guys, everything is a little bit of me. So Eva would be a little bit more of my motherly um, side. And Gia was probably when I was just a crazy kid. So, you know, if, if I'm channeling myself into my characters, I won't talk about like the really bad ones that I channel myself into, but <laughs> that's the Italian side. We're not going to go there, but, but yeah, so it, um, so I enjoy writing, writing both. And I do Gia's first person. She's so easy and fun to write. She just flows. Cause you know, she just, I know that character so well. Eva is a little more challenging cause she's, um, she's third person and, um, so that kind of helps me keep them differentiated when I'm writing. <laughs> my editor will, my editor will say, sometimes you're not doing a good job, um, with your points of view because I'll, you know, I'm, I'm going from writing one book one month to writing the other one the next month. And so there'll be passages where like, Oh crap, I'm in first person. They're bad, bad, bad. So. So when you, when you decided to spin off the series, you, then you've got, essentially two characters in the same world, the same universe, um, mm -hmm. so to speak. And so you've got these timelines that have to kind of mesh. How did you work that out? Not very well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get it more aligned. For the most part, I try to, I try to avoid the you know avoid somebody like realizing like this is here and this is there i'm still trying to get them more up to speed um because i had to start the eva series with kind of her her backstory her origin story and so that's been a little bit that's been a little bit tough um i don't think i've done it perfectly i hope that it's not super jarring like if there is a discrepancy that it's not going to take someone right out of the story but it's been it's been a little bit tough and the pace I've been on, I have not gone back and totally measured. Um, my editor has not said anything to me about it. And he's the reason I pay him and the reason I love him is because he does not mince words and he is not, I don't need an editor to, you know, tell me things are great. I need an editor to scold me and tell me what, and, you know, and that's, thank God that's who I have now. So. So let's let's talk about the components of of your books, kind of from a technical standpoint. The, the characters are similar in that they're very strong women. Um, they deal with really bad things. They're just bad things going on, and they throw themselves into these bad things. Um, there's always a couple of kind of tearjerker moments in your books. I, I say that you know, I'm a guy, so I'm just, obviously it doesn't affect me, but for other people, they might be tearjerker moments. And, and sometimes it's like right at the end and it's like, damn it, when's the next book coming out? Because I'm just so into it. And yeah. um, so is that intentional? Do you, you try and get that emotion into each book? Absolutely. Like for me, I, I do like action, adventure, fast paced, but what I really love is books that make me cry. And I actually call it the cry factor. Like okay. if a book or a movie makes me cry, then it's, then that's it. That's all it takes. It's like, it's moved me emotionally. So I really, 
as I'm writing, like I'll get into the characters and, and I'm not like, Oh, I need a cry moment. It just, as I'm in their world, you know, then experiencing those emotions, it, it does come up. And, um, and you know, I, I'm not like, you know, I guess I, I'm not hard boiled writer. Like I'm not some of these action thrills. I need that. I need the love. Like if you, you know, there's romance in my books and there's mm -hmm. heartache and there's an emotion. And so for better or worse, you know, maybe some people aren't looking for that when they want like a fast action packed book, but that's, that's what I love to write. That's what I love to read. Okay. And I, I don't remember where it was along the timeline for Gia, but, but you, you wrote a book in uh, Emily Kimmelman's world, so to speak. And that was, so it was your character and Emily's character working together in this, in this story. And that was fascinating. What was that like? That was tough. That was really tough. Uh, Emily reached out to me and um, this was when Kindle Worlds was still around. Mm -hmm. And so offered to allow me to write any way I wanted in her world. And I said, well, I would want both of our characters working together. I mean, I don't think I could just write your character. That would, that would be tough for me. So I took it on. And then of course I respect the hell out of Emily. So I was very nervous about getting her character right. And I think what I did, I had these two, and this is what I was talking about Gia and Eva earlier. I had these two really strong protagonists in mm -hmm. one book and it, that's a tough thing to write. I think that's really tough. And, and I wanted them to be friends too. You know, I didn't want them to hate each other. So it, it was a struggle. And I think because I respect Emily and I was kind of in her world or invited into her world that I made her character stronger and I made Gia a little bit wimpier. And so I had some longtime readers. It was book five, I believe, okay. who said, you know, I, I, I love the book, but Gia was, you know, basically a little less badass than I, I like. And I thought, yeah, I know. And I, and I'm, <laughs> I don't know what else to do about it. I probably will never do, you know, I think they still enjoyed the book and I, and, um, but that was tough. I, I couldn't really find the balance where one of them had to be stronger than the other for mm -hmm. it to work. And so Gia took the hit because I respected Emily and I didn't want to, you know, her character to be wimpier. So does that make Understandable. sense? Yeah. And okay. I really enjoyed that book. I, I think we had talked before you'd done that. And mm -hmm. so I knew it was coming. I knew what it was going to be. And I, I, sadly, I was not familiar with Emily Kimmelman, who is a brilliant writer. Yes. Um, prior to that. And I read that and then read, read some more of uh, her series, which I also really enjoy. But I, I just found it interesting and I, I just, I really enjoyed the way that the two characters kind of work together and sort of, sort of at Phew. opposite, opposite ends and, and together. I pulled yeah, it so off. It was, it was fun. <laughs> it was, that was a fun series. Oh, I'm glad I pulled it off because it was tough. <laughs> so audio, you, uh, the GS series is working its way into audio. What's, what's up with that? Oh, that's interesting. I did just reach out to um, a narrator. Uh, to do a box set of the Gia. Um, so I think I'll probably at some point this year, I'll have her narrate books one, two, and three, or one, two, three, and four for the Gia series uh, and release it as a box set. Uh, she actually, this narrator I reached out to, she was hired by Tantor who um, bought the audio rights to um, my book coming for you. And so she was a narrator from my book coming for you. And I just thought she knocked it out of the park. So I'm hoping to have that same um, narrator 
at some point this year, I know it takes a little bit of time and, and, and I don't, um, I'm not sure exactly when, but that's the plan. And then hopefully it will do all the books because I don't know about you, Steve, but I sort of feel like that is where all the readers are going to be in a couple of years. You know, not all of them, but a lot of the, a lot of the younger readers, that's what they do. Yeah. And I know, I know for me personally, once I start listening to a series on audio, that's just the way I like to consume the series. So okay. with Gia, if you wind up doing them all, um, I'll probably just start back at the beginning and listen to them. And that'll, that'll be great. I, I would enjoy okay. that. Well, that's really interesting because I didn't realize that maybe some current people who are readers who have read the series would want it in audiobook, you know, after they've read it. So I always, I thought it'd be a new audience. So that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I, I think, I think people, I think people would. Um, okay. I don't know. Your books are, are rereadable. Um, because wow. the characters are so much fun. So you want to, you want to go and visit them again. I mean, the good thing is you produce them so quickly that you oftentimes don't have to go back. I remember, I think it was November, December. I don't remember what the book was, but I got to the end and there was a, you know, click here to pre-order the next book. And I did, and I saw like five other books on the list that you could pre-order. So I'm just click, 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 click. And so then when I got to the end of the, of the most recent book, I mean, I'm like, Where's the link uh, to the pre-order? I was yeah. panicking. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I'm usually a little more organized. Um, there's a, been a, a couple different factors why I didn't put a pre-order in. Um, one, what's going on right now in the world. Um, my, you know, I'm in my bedroom right now. This is my new office and I have teenagers and a husband home. And so I just felt like giving myself all, and there's a couple other things going on too, but giving myself a little tiny bit of wiggle room. Mm -hmm. um, and not holding myself to that, but there definitely will be um, more Gia books and more Eva books this year for sure. So Great. just, yeah. Now, another thing that, that I think you're particularly good at um, is like community building around your books. You've got a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. um, you do videos with your husband. It's, that's a weekly thing, I think, right? Yeah, usually Saturday mornings. Yeah. So tell us about the Facebook group. So um, I love my Facebook group. I actually had them vote on a name for themselves and for us, I guess I'm part of it. Paisanos was the one that they picked, which is perfect. Um, Cause you know, obviously my books, almost every single one has an Italian American character. There's, there's one series that doesn't two series that don't, but anyway, um, they are so great. Um, I kind of, I haven't had to do this very often, but I, I've just said, you know, this is a place where we're supporting each other and we're empowering women and we're just, we're not being dicks basically. <laughs> so, uh <-huh. laughs> and and I, for instance, I, you know, I had one person in the group who said something about older people. And I said, you know, I, I think you're, you know, great, but you, I just don't think my group's a good place for you because we're older people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm a member of the group and yes, we're older people. <laughs> so if, if you, you know, if you aren't supporting older people, you might not want to be. And, and I'm really open like that. Like I put posts all the time. Like if you don't like the, if you don't like the F word and I, I think I don't want to say it cause it's a podcast, but I would say it normally. If you don't like this, then this isn't, my books aren't a good, aren't a good fit for you. I'm totally okay with saying, my group may not be a good fit for you, but the people who are there support each other. They're always encouraging. If someone's having something, you know, a bad day, they're, they're bolstering each other up. And I feel like I know so many of them, um, the active ones, you know, even though we've never met in person, I know about them and it's, it's really cool. And I love that you see it that way as a community because that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm, I'm hoping. Um, you know, I do feel like I know those people and care about them. So not There's all 700, 
but the ones that are active and I know. <laughs> There's a lot of good food pictures in there too. I will say that. I mean, you, I don't know whether you really eat that well because I've seen you and you don't look like you eat anything, but uh, I wish there's I a ate lot of really well, good looking but... food there. Yeah. 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 They are good at contributing those, those, uh, those pictures as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the best place? Is the group the best place for people to reach you and, and learn more about you or is it the website or what? You know, um, either the group or the, the, the author page, um, because I've noticed that some things I can't do in the group anymore. Like I've had a heck of a time doing a live video in the group recently. So, um, if they're in, if they're on the, my author page, then probably they're going to get all the need to know information. Mm -hmm. And if they want just more personal interaction, then they can hop on over to the group too. Okay. And I, I can tell you guys that are listening, if you like mysteries and thrillers and, and you like strong female characters, you're going to love this series. It's in Kindle Unlimited. The first book of the Gia series is City of the Dead. Um, Christy's also got a box set of the first four. Um, so if you're Kindle Unlimited, that's a good way to just use one credit and, and get four books. I think there's a new box set for the first four of the Eva series as well. But if it were me, I would start with the Gia series and just kind of follow along in the, in the order that the, in which the books were published and, and read them that way. They'll make more sense. Yeah. And I think that would be a good way to start because the, the four, the, the old fourth book was called Lone Raven, but it's a novella. So I actually took it out of the series page and you can only get it in the box set in the one to four. So you're, so you kind of get an extra book that you wouldn't find otherwise if you do the box set. Nice. And that's the one yeah. in uh, Mexico, right? Yes. 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 I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. yeah. It was, cool. it was short, but it was yes. powerful. Cool. Thank you. Well, Christy, it's great speaking with you again. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And thank you for all the nice things you said. I'm not sure if I can fit out the door with my big head now. So thanks. <laughs> I'll go talk to my teenagers and I'll be put right back down to where I belong. That right? will do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steve. It was great talking to you.